Welcome to Sports, Clicks, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 22 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Husson. Thank you for joining us. Love it. Happy to be here. How was your weekend? Wonderful. You seem very uh, excited. To I'm be animated here. today. Nice. I'm a little well, animated today. You know, this makes for good shows, animation. <laughs> How are you? How was your weekend? Uh, I did nothing all weekend. Really? Yeah. That sounds exciting. Yeah, I don't have anything to do anymore. No? What happened? Uh, nothing. <laughs> um, Fair. We, you uh, Did you vote yet? Or I have you, not voted yet. Do you plan on voting tomorrow? I will vote tomorrow the same way that I have done every other election year for my entire life. I didn't see any reason to change Will you it be up. wearing a face shield? Uh, no. Mask? I mean, I'll have one with me. I'll keep it around. I still I, don't understand. I have a friend who's, uh, I read, he's an election inspector and said that they're instructed to not stop you if you do not have a mask and that they're just supposed to stop the flow of new people coming into the space until you're finished with your uh, ballot. And then they will escort you out, and then they'll let everybody else come back in. This is the weirdest pandemic <laughs> ever. So um, be, feel free to go with a mask. Yeah, Bring I, it if you want to. I, I have heard stories where people have said that it's electioneering by not wearing a mask. So take that with a grain of salt and find out if that's something you want to cross when you get there. But No, um, I think I'll just put this stupid thing on. Call it a day. I'm not, uh, I'm not that adamant one way or another. I just, I'll wear one. I'll have it on. I still don't grasp the full concept here of I'm six feet away from you. Why am I wearing a mask, too? I just... I don't know. It still doesn't make sense, but all right, cool. I know that all of these lines are, are socially distanced already, but... And half of them are outside, and these people still have masks on as they're waiting outside, and I don't... I don't grasp it. I guess I'm not going to at this point. I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, just be safe or whatever. Make sure you get out there and vote either way. Um, did you vote yet? Uh, I have not voted yet. Um, Do you plan on voting? I'm being told that we're not live on Facebook, that we're only live on YouTube right now. So I'm trying to fix right. that here. But My bad. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to distract you with these questions. Yeah, no, that's all right. No, I mean, so, we we're got to do what we got to do here. Listen, on voting, I've never seen anything like this. I live near a polling place out in Camillus, and I have never seen lines like this. I've voted in every election for as long as I can remember. Back when I lived in Buffalo, uh, in my time in Syracuse, I've always voted almost every time. I've never had to wait more than about six minutes in line to vote. I'm telling you from Saturday morning at 9 a.m. or whenever the polls open, every single day this week until this past Sunday, there was a line out the door and down the street waiting to vote. Yeah, I saw that. A lot of people reporting on that, which is, you know, and obviously I know it's different times and we're... uh uh, voting under different circumstances than most, and maybe there are people, a bunch of people who are still uh, somewhat scared or what uh, for hanging out with people. Uh, people are also just, you know, it's, I feel like it's a little bit new in the uh, in the New York for sure, and so maybe that helps. Uh, I don't know. You know, I said I feel like the more easier it is for people to vote, the better. Don't get me wrong. Agreed. Um, so I don't know. The process seems to be working. You know, we'll see how it all f unfolds at the end. Obviously, there's been some long lines and whatnot, but that doesn't. I don't know. Well, I like that they, uh, particularly from the Democrat side of the aisle, there's been charges of like voter suppression, and they keep citing New York. <laughs> and I just it makes me kind of laugh because I realize most people don't know how all of this works down to the granular level, but 
to summarize, the states are in charge of running their elections. So if you're having very large problems with voter suppression in a given state, the fault lies with whatever party is running it in that state, which in New York State is the Democrat Party. So I don't believe that it is voter suppression. I think that it is just the normal levels of incompetence that you get from every other government bureaucracy. It's not going to be efficient. It's not going to be effective. There will be problems because there's no incentive for them to do anything differently. And in New York State, our board of elections, particularly when you get downstate, is uh, highly regarded for their incompetency. Yeah. Well, like I said, we'll, we'll talk to you in a little bit more about how we think the election will go a little bit later in the show. But um, want to talk a little NFL sports? Let's hit some sports. Your Bills got a win, an exciting win, I saw. Little uh, late, late uh, fourth quarter drama. Little uh, benefit from the uh, old man Cam Newton fumbling away the win. Yes, it was nice to have them come out ahead of the Patriots, kind of get the monkey off their back. I was at that game the last time the Bills beat the Patriots in Buffalo, back in 2011. I was there with my father. It was a very exciting day on our way to yet another season of missing the playoffs. Uh, but it was a good day, and then it's been a long time. And, look, these are not the Patriots of old. Uh, this is not a team that's even all that good. And it's not overly reassuring for me that the Bills struggled so much to beat this team. But there is a uh, an emotional or a mental factor to that. And Belichick has owned the Buffalo Bills, for 18 years. So it's good to get a win. I'm just happy about that. Yeah, I will say, I was at, I don't know if you remember the Lawyer Malloy game? Yeah. I was at that game. Were you? I was in a box. Good for you. Yeah, I wasn't I, really paying attention. I feel like the Steelers-Ravens played that game, and I was paying attention to them in the background. But that was I, the other time the Bills beat the, they killed the Patriots. It was yes. Like, I don't know, like 30 31 to, to 3. Oh, okay. See, I was, uh, I'm a man of the people, so I was in the bleachers in the end zone. I'm not a, I'm not a box kind of guy, but that's cool. I mean, that seems to be well. Your, uh, I was invited, so you know, I you know, it wasn't my box. I I've watched you. a few games from boxes actually, and it is nice if you're going to do it and you can afford it. It's the way to go, and maybe one day I'll be there regularly, but not yet. Um, but it was uh, oh, I can't remember the guy's name now. I could see it, and I can't think of it. But it was an interception that that sealed the game. Tom Brady threw the ball, and it was number twenty nine. I can't remember his name. I, it'll come to me later in the show, right. and I'm going to oh, scream good. it out randomly. Yeah, I won't remember but any of that. He but he intercepted. It was a pick six, and he ran right into the end zone in front of where we were all sitting, and we're all cheering and jumping up and down, hugging each other. It was a great moment. And then again, it turned into absolutely nothing because the Bills just weren't that good. Yeah, well, <laughs> but I still have them in my power five, but I, they are not uh, not number one. You know who number one is? I I mean, I think I can guess. Is it it's the, the only remaining undefeated it football team? Steelers, teams? yeah. I mean, my Steelers are undefeated. I be hard pressed for me not to put them number one in the power five since I make it. I, you know, it's hard to argue against that at this point. Given and they did the last two. I mean, obviously they beat the Ravens this week. Really right. good game. They beat the Titans last week. Really good game. You Titans know. had an off week this week. T- Titans, obviously that win looks a little bit less impressive this week <laughs> than it did last week. Um, but that being said, I think the Steelers defense kind of is my separator from the Chiefs. I do think that, yeah. that there's talent on both those teams all over. And I think the Steelers defense is just a tad... It's the deciding factor for me why they're number one versus uh, number two. So, so number two is the Chiefs. Number two is the Chiefs. Number and three. They made light work of the Jets this weekend. I mean, it's the Jets. Um, the the only NFC team in my top five, the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. Number three. And the Bills, your Bills, number Bills. four. And I'm going to keep the Ravens in the top five, uh, even with their loss, since their only losses have been to the Chiefs and the Steelers. So which, I... I agree with you on the Ravens. I'm not so sure on the Bills. I'm not sure the well, Bills. Who are you taking out? 
I think I'm taking the Bills out. Okay, but who are you putting in in their place? Uh, probably Tampa Bay. Hmm, what if they lose to the Giants tonight? Then I will put the Bills right back in. <laughs> if that should... No, I, listen, obviously any one game. The Packers you could also make a case for, although losing to the Vikings was not a was not a great look. The Titans you could make a case for, but losing to the, the uh, Bengals is... Not a good look for anybody. Uh, I mean, the Eagles are a division winner. They, they they lead their division. You could pop them in the top five, right? Yeah. No, I like I said, I, Carson I, I, I'm fine with who we got here. Let's I, go to the bottom. So the bottom, uh, the 28th ranked team in the NFL, according to me, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, one and six, not looking good on any fronts. Although Gardner Minshew is so easy to cheer for because he's just nuts and I want him to do well, but he's, he's just not that good. Uh, the Falcons are the next team. I, my God, I've never seen a team find such heartbreakingly depressing ways of losing football games. They've done it well this year. It's incredible to watch. And there's so, they have so much talent. They shouldn't be this bad. So I think if uh, if you're you're paying attention, they easy just can't to cheer for because he's just there. nuts, and I want and him the to Cowboys. Do well, he's, he's I have his next because they are an absolute dumpster fire. Um, this isn't going to get better. Danucci, Danucci, <laughs> yes, enough said. They're not getting better, folks. This team is awful, and Dak Prescott's going to get paid because somebody needs to do something on this team, and they I don't know what they're going to yeah. do. The next I have the Giants because, well, it's the Giants and they're just not very good either. No, they're, but, they're, you know, again, they're, they're, they're banged up too. So They're banged up. They've got too many injuries and they've just got – this is just a lost year. I think long-term I actually really like the Giants. I think they have a good foundation. They're just yeah. not there yet and it's going to be a really long season for them. And then without question, by, I mean, this team is, is just leading the way to the bottom here is the New York Jets. It's really – it's not even an argument to be made. No, they're on the clock. They've been on the clock since week two, maybe. Uh, the more interesting conversation is, will the Jets win a game? I haven't looked on through their schedule. How, do they play any NFC East teams? They got to play one, right? <clears throat> I don't know. Necessarily. I'll, I'll have to look at that. We'll have to look at that next week. If they, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll assess their it. schedule and see if they get to, if they get to 0 and uh, 10, then we really got to check it out. But anyway, yeah, the odds are they don't win. You know who I was surprised by is the Dolphins. That defense is very good. They're very good. I did have them in my DraftKings team yesterday, so. Smart play. They I, did football. They, I mean, they, they had cheap. a fumble they return. Failed. They had a punt return. Yeah, multiple sacks. Multiple, multiple sacks. Turnovers. Yeah, yeah was that was. Uh, 20, 25 points for me. That was pretty good. Yeah, no, good for good. you. Um, not a lot else going on in sports. And obviously tomorrow, this is where I want to kind of remind everyone, all the listeners who are paying attention today, that we will be live tomorrow. For our first annual ever election day uh, live stream where we're going to kind of break down some of the, uh, well, well, this year we'll break down the presidential election and all the, uh, the, the at least the New York State elections and how to check in on the uh, Senate and Congress and see what happens there. But we're going to be live for a few hours uh, tomorrow night and hopefully you guys will all come and uh, hang out with us and uh, fire off questions at us and we can kind of get some feedback from you guys across the state and uh Give some election results, and uh, we'll see if, um, you know, your vote mattered. I don't know if too many votes matter in New York State unless you're just trying to vote for the winner. So in local politics, they matter a lot. Oh, for sure they do. For sure they do. And Um, and we'll cover that, too. Like I said, there's not a lot going on this year. Next year is a big local uh, election as far as as local politics go. But we have some city and court and uh, county judges and uh, a couple state assemblies and state Mm -hmm. senates races. So things matter. Uh, We'll cover all that tomorrow. Um. 
Before we get into election predictions for the presidential, this week was a big week for Tony Babalinski. Tony Babalinski. That's a great name. It is. He's like a James Bond, vill- James Bond villain guy. I feel but, like he missed his calling. Yeah. But he actually seems like a uh, like legit, like really good dude. So um, <laughs> I feel bad that his name is Tony Babalinski, but uh, his name is actually probably the reason why he came out public against the Biden family, because it seems as though he thought his name was being kind of dragged through the mud by him being labeled as Russian disinformation. And he has been uh, someone who's been a, you know, a naval officer, I think, and has had top mm-hmm. uh, security clearance for the NSA and the DOE. So um, the dude is legit. And he was brought in by the Biden family to kind of run this operation. Um, when the documents came, you know, when it, when it started becoming leaked out that uh, he was associated with this, uh, I think Adam Schiff believe, and I think even maybe Biden in the in the in the debate called it dis- Russian disinformation. So um, he was not upset about that, or he got upset about that, and was not going to uh, stand by idly and let that all happen. So he came out publicly and started dropping bombs on the Bidens, and he brought receipts. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I heard somebody reference him as Tommy Two Phones or Tony <laughs> Two Phones. That's because they said he had multiple, and then it turned out it should have been Tony Three Phones because he actually had three old yeah. phones, and apparently was screenshotting everything and keeping very diligent records of all of these transactions. Um, you know, in a normal election cycle, this would be a much bigger deal. And regardless of how you feel about any of the candidates for president, this still strikes me as kind of a big deal that we should be talking about more. And I, I think where I'm not necessarily surprised, but the biggest takeaway I have from this is how much people are willing to look the other way for their candidate versus the other one. The different standards, and this is true both ways. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. How much you are okay with something by your preferred candidate and how little wiggle room or nuance you will apply to anything for the other candidate. Yeah, no, and like I said, and you know, as somebody who kind of watches from outside of both parties, I see it probably more than most. Um, right. Yeah, uh, do you think that the news will impact the election? I think it has. I think what I really do think actually is the news itself is unsurprising. I think most people had to shouldn't say this outside of the real anti-Trump crowd, the people that are just true believers and anti-Trump and he's the devil and he's got to go. I think most people can look at Joe Biden's track record and go, this guy's not clean. He's not great. He's not he's not anything awe inspiring. He's unremarkable, a career in politics, blah, blah, blah. What I think is is having a bigger impact than I would have guessed is how upset people are about the lack of coverage or how in favor they are of the lack of coverage and saying it like I, I you want to say like you it's not properly sourced vetted and, and confirmed and verified I mean okay but is that the standard that we're going to have from now on so no more anonymous sources right that's um, it's it, it can't happen that way that news is not set up i mean news almost all important news comes from sources that you know are taking some risk and they're right. not going to you know be public so um i do think that i also think it affected the election i think um that was some of my um where i became more certain where i feel like you know i kind of been thinking that uh trump was going to win re-election here pretty much all summer i feel like i was on a, on a very small island with that with that sentiments and i feel like it's 
I don't know. I'm not obviously I won't be validated until election results, but I feel like the swing is definitely in my way. Um, I don't know. I think this kind of just put me over the top. This, uh, this, you know, Biden family, Biden crime family stuff kind of just made me think that, okay, there's going to be enough people who are just going to sit this out who are, who right. may otherwise would have been Biden voters who are not going to vote altogether. And there's going to be some people who, you know, this is going to play a role. I mean, there's not a lot of undecided voters. My guess is this late in the, in the day, but, um, it's been dragging out here for, for a week or so. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I still feel more confident today than I did yesterday and the day before of, uh, Trump winning. And I feel like Trump winning substantially is where I'm at. I get that. Uh, I'm not, I don't have a prediction either way at this point. I think there's what I know a prediction. I mean, it, I, I think, mean, what's really riding on it. I mean, your reputation. Yeah, obviously. I just don't got? know. I just don't know who's going to win because I've <laughs> seen, I mean, look, I think it's going to be close ultimately. Uh, I would be close as far as what the popular vote or the yes, electoral college. I think, I think electoral. I think, I think the popular vote's close too. I think Trump has a chance to win the popular vote, though. I think he does actually. And I here's why. Well, I've if he has a chance to win the popular vote, then you think he's going to win the electoral college? Obviously, I think he's going to win the electoral oh, okay. college if he wins the popular vote. However, oh, yeah, I also don't know that that's all that. I don't know that that's a given. I think that there is enough within the margin of errors. Here's where. I, you know what? Before I dive into that, let me back up to Tony sure. Bobble. Yeah, I still can't say this guy's name. Tony Bobolinsky. Sorry, Mr. Bobolinsky. I'm working on it. All right. So it, basically, in these, I've had people reach out to me, and I, I've engaged in conversations around this, as I'm prone to doing. Uh, and somebody has made the point of like, well, it was in 2017 after he left office. And okay, even if you want to give him that, and if you guys tuned in last week, we went through why I am unwilling to give him the benefit of the doubt, given the track record of his family's personal enrichments and private deals where Joe Biden was involved. Now you have an email that says, breaking down the the equity holdings of all these different people for a company in China partnered with the Chinese and 10% to be held by Hunter for the big guy. Now, according to Mr. Bobolinsky, the big guy is Joe Biden. According to anybody with any objective common sense looking at this, I would have felt safe assuming Joe Biden was the big guy. And, you know, just as a side note, he has not come out and denied any of this. So we're just going to go with he's the big guy. He's the big guy. So let's just assume that that's true for a minute. And then the question is, well, it's not a big deal because he wasn't in office at the time. If this is true, then what he did is illegal. If you did it, if I did it, if Sean did it, we would be brought up on charges because you are not allowed to do that. So as soon there's all sorts of anti-money laundering regulations, if you're going to have holdings in an international company and have the chance to profit or lose on those investments. So automatically you're in violation of these laws, assuming that Joe Biden maintained his security clearance, which I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to guess he probably did. That's another thing. It should have been disclosed. Another one is on all of his disclosures to run for president. If that wasn't disclosed, that's a problem. And now please Please, for the love of God, don't tell me I saw his tax returns and this wasn't on it. So that proves that this is nothing. Well, just like his uh, meeting was not on his official schedule. Oh, my God. I can't. All right. So here's another thing that's illegal. Let's say they made any type of money whatsoever with shares being held by Hunter for the big guy. So what that would be, that would be then Hunter Biden gives the cash to Joe Biden on the side. Now, 
The problem with that is that's an accession to wealth. And under our internal revenue code, where there is a personal income tax, anytime you have an accession to wealth and do not disclose that to the internal revenue system, excuse me, internal revenue service, that's called tax evasion, and it's illegal. Now, I'm not a firm believer in the personal income tax. I think that there's questionable grounds for it constitutionally, but I pay my taxes like everybody else, and it's not a major point of contention. I'm not out protesting in the streets. However, this is tax evasion. And now what the IRS is always looking for in this is some type of documented evidence that you actually did have this prospect for wealth that you didn't disclose, which is what this email actually would be during normal times. <laughs> is an accession of wealth that you're not paying income taxes on. That's not a joke. And the other problem is now, with all of these things happening, and if Tony Bobolinsky is to be believed, then this isn't the only incidence of this happening. Right. This is There's a pattern, there's other companies, there's other things. Now what you have is you have the man who, let's say Joe Biden's going to win. You have the next president of the United States with all of these illegal and unethical dealings in the country of China that he does not want to come to light but the government of China knows about it. There's a yeah. reason that that's a problem. Yeah, he's compromised. No question. And and look, if you want to go back, I don't think we touched on this last time. One of these one of these LLCs in question, Hunter Biden invested ten million dollars into a Chinese firm. It was an also an LLC. This firm then bought up an American company that was dealing in nuclear secrets and nuclear work for the U.S. government. It was a contractor. The Chinese company, backed by the Chinese Communist Party, bought this company and got access to the nuclear secrets. And somebody did get arrested and went to prison for this. So the company that, that bought it and stole the secrets... Hunter Biden was one of the partners and one of the investors in this company. And somehow, as you might imagine... The government has to approve of any company purchasing another company involving U.S. nuclear secrets. How did this company get approved? What was the vetting process to make sure this didn't happen? I mean, look, the fact that Joe Biden was vice president when this happened is not concerning to anybody. Like, wait, wait, I'm sorry, what? Now, I, I'm not a, I don't think America is necessarily the good guy on the global stage. Like, I, I think that we have some very questionable dealings. Uh, especially when you get into Middle Eastern policy and some other stuff like that. I'm not sure we're the good guy. I know China is the bad guy. I have very little doubt about that. So the stuff in the Ukraine and in the Bahamas and in Jamaica, like I can really actually look past all that. I'm having a much harder time looking past the China stuff and going, well, I feel good. Yeah, and, you know, not only is Joe Biden in these dealings and then he becomes compromised, if Hunter Biden is in... These dealings. If he's a crackhead in China and the Chinese know it and they set him up to do whatever, then he's compromised beyond that and he's going to do whatever they want him to. So um, his family, at the very least, is involved in this and compromised. And this is all like some of it is on the books. Some of it is off the books. You cannot like I can't have a company that I'm holding shares for you off the books, even in America, let alone internationally, let alone in China, where I can't do that and then give you the cash and have you not pay any taxes on it. It's illegal. Right. We would be in prison. It's a violation of all the anti-money laundering rules and all of the disclosure rules you have to have for this. Even if you didn't make any money in there, that's not a defense. 
that's actually worse. Like, and now you're getting interest-free loans from the Chinese government and all this. And I'm and I'm looking at all of it as objectively as I can because I am not a Joe Biden fan. I just can't stand the guy. I'm not a Donald Trump fan. I can't stand the guy either. I keep seeing all this stuff. Like, if my candidate doesn't win, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. If my candidate doesn't win, I'm going to riot in the street. I just wish my candidate was running. But that aside. <laughs> Uh, one of these people is going to be president, and I, I, I genuinely don't really care, but I need this to be investigated. Yeah, and I, listen, I, you know, to push us forward, if Biden is the president, it's going to investigate it, and it has to, it be. has to be, it has to be. This so it's nuts. it's going to end, it's going to end poorly for him, regardless. Right. Um, let's if hope you, that he can uh, get out of the public light tomorrow, and uh, then we can just. We can just deal with this here on our podcast. If anybody of- doesn't want this to be investigated, I don't understand. Like, yeah. this is at least troubling. And this is not having a, been a full investigation by, like, by an attorney general that has resulted in, okay, there's some questionable dealings. This is the initial fact-finding that went, um, what? Like, okay, maybe we need to go a little more in-depth. And uh, the other one is, well, well I, said, this- I, was, I was encouraged that Bobulinski was interviewed by the FBI last week. So, you know, f- a few hours, of, and, you know, they obviously it's, that guy seems like he is on it, and I'm sure that he had answers for all of their questions and had data and information and probably, you know, documents to back up everything he was saying. So He certainly seemed to. Yeah. So that'll be, inter- like I said, I, you know, th- this is not going to end tomorrow, this Bobolinsky story. It shouldn't. Um, it shouldn't end tomorrow. I, it won't end here for us. Yeah, just, like we'll, I, yeah. just like Jeffrey Epstein. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. And the other the one. Bobolinsky and Jeffrey Epstein for, live forever here. I like that. And somebody brought it up also of like, well, if this information was real, then Rudy Giuliani would have brought it out months ago. Nope. Nope, he wouldn't have. Because number one. Again, Joe Biden has not denied that the emails are real. Hunter Biden has not said that the emails aren't real. Nobody has come out and actually said the emails are fake. They accuse it of being Russian disinformation, which is basically trying to have a denial without ever having to actually deny anything. But okay, fine. Number two, it's actually the absolute most brilliant political move you can make if you're trying to bring down the downfall of the other party. And Rudy Giuliani may be unethical and, and have some very questionable things in his own past, but he's not stupid. And he's incredibly intelligent, as a most sociopaths tend to be, that what you would do is you would wait until about two weeks before the election and then drop this. Because now the other party has no time to replace the candidate, has no time to do anything about it or address it or undo it. It just is a terrible look. You're two weeks out and there's nothing you can do. And again, you know, we mentioned this in in passing uh, last week. It's not lost on me that this whole thing, you know, is the, the, the nexus of the impeachment trial as well. So... Um, impeachment round two is that what you no <laughs> no definitely not that, that went happen. so well so your governor has uh decided or hasn't yet decided if you're going to have thanksgiving or not at your house it's so, like you just want to make me upset today <laughs> so I, I, we're waiting on permission a permission slip from a governor to allow yeah. us to have uh i don't know some said number of households some said number of side dishes and uh whether or not we can pass salt well listen first off before we get into Thanksgiving. Hopefully we get to eat outside like the Californians. <laughs> let's I think hope the weather holds. <laughs> Listen, before we get into Thanksgiving, first, let's all thank God that we got through Halloween without a mass casualty experience. Because that was the big threat last time. I mean, we did leave a, uh, a pumpkin on my front porch and it remained intact. I mean, we did take our children door-to-door trick-or-treating, had trick-or-treaters come to our house, got together with friends like we do every other Halloween, and so far, 
no super spreader event and yeah, no I, casualties. And I, I went over to my brother's, uh, and he lives in a little cozy neighborhood, and there was a bajillion kids. Yep. I mean, un, I, I couldn't, I was puttering, you know, like I was going one miles an hour down the road because there were just kids everywhere. So yep. um, it was good to see. I was encouraged by that. Um, there were some crazy stuff with like, you know, bags hang on clotheslines out in front of the driveway and whatnot. But the kids were out. They were having fun. I was glad to see it. Like I said, I'm glad it wasn't a, uh, you got to stay at home and, you know, whatever. I didn't follow those Zoom Halloweens right, for the for kids. The, a virtual dance party with costumes for the kids. Yeah. Like, nah, I'm glad we're we didn't go, go down that path. We're going to go get candy and try to get early onset diabetes. And so we got things. through Halloween. So, yeah, now let's move on to Thanksgiving. What are you having? I mean, what am I having for Thanksgiving? We, are we going to make Cuomo nicknames for all of our side dishes? I, yeah, we probably should. I Okay, you want to minimize the rules and you want to change this or whatever else. No. I, I'm sorry, just no. Yeah, I'm I mean, I'm assuming he's going to come out with something, and, and you know, I'm, it's not going to be the same because I can't imagine that he's going to suggest that we all sit outside and eat Thanksgiving dinner here in New York. But you, I, do you think he's going to come out with a set of rules for yes. Thanksgiving? Yeah, so do I. No so I, I can't remember all of California's off the top of my head because they were no ridiculous. more than three families. Yeah, three households. Outside. Three households. Uh, three households, yes. right? So you had to eat outside. You still had to wear a mask at all time unless you were chewing and right. drinking. You had to still maintain your six feet social distancing. Right. Like, wh- uh, what? Right. I mean, do, do you think anybody in California is going to do even some of those lists? If I've learned anything, it's that there are true believers. There are the people that are genuinely looking at this as if this is the plague 2.0 and they will listen to every instruction. Now you have people like me. We're almost on principle. I will do none of it, and I will invite multiple families. I will do whatever else. Now, listen, in case you're thinking of cracking out of my house, I don't have Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. We do it early. I mean, late. You don't know where I'm coming from now. But I'm going to have a ton of people over at my house. Anybody who's wanting to do and is comfortable with the risk is more than happy. And as I'm inviting people, I keep saying the same exact thing. If you're uncomfortable, I understand, and please do not feel obligated to come at all. If you are comfortable and you want to come, we are more than welcome. You are more than welcome to come to our house and enjoy this with us. Obviously, I'm going to encourage people to wash their hands and cover their mouth when they sneeze because, well, we're not animals. Now, all that being said, if my my 96-year-old aunt wants to come, I'm not going to tell her no. I'm not. She is invited and she is welcome at my house. If my 43-year-old aunt who's in perfectly good health is so nervous that she doesn't want to come, great. I don't really have a 43-year-old aunt, but... If that were the case, it would still be fine. I wouldn't, it's fine. I don't care. The idea is this, whether you have a fully socially distanced Thanksgiving following all of these guidelines, or you do it the way I'm talking about doing it, the odds of contracting COVID-19 are roughly the same. Sorry, that's what the data says when you get it on a large scale. If there's one rule, if you're sick or have symptoms, please don't come. Yeah, stay home. That's it. Outside of that, if you are feeling well and you're up for it, please come over, eat some turkey. And I'm of the opinion of, look, I'm not doing this for you anymore. I'm not partaking in this political theater because that's how we got here, is everybody kept saying, well, it's not that big of a deal. Well, it's not that big of a deal. And now you've gotten to the point where I have, I have children in school with desks six feet apart, but they have to wear a mask the entire day. Makes total sense. Obviously, that's science. We have businesses that are still closed, that are still open. I'm sorry, 50% capacity. That is closed. You're going to put this business out of business. Like we have, by abdicating the science, by not asking for more specifics, we have allowed this to happen. And I'm pretty much done. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. God bless you. If I was at all symptomatic and couldn't isolate, I would wear a mask everywhere I went. No questions asked. I think it's just good sense. 
But we're doing all of this stuff because we want the effort points, because we want credit for trying. We're not looking at the results of if we did nothing or if we do everything, we're still looking at roughly the same outcome. Yeah. This is crazy. To it me. is crazy. Like I said, and I, you know, we have other holidays coming up too, and there's going to be a Christmas set of rules. And, you know, I'm guessing they already canceled the ball drop in uh, New Year's. So can't be too careful. Yeah. So. I mean, all those people outside. You you want to make the joke right now about calling it a protest, no, don't you? No, just bring your save the whale signs. I knew you wanted to. You can't fool uh, me. <laughs> so, What's your plan for Thanksgiving? Uh, the same. Uh, you know, throwing some mayonnaise on my turkey breast like I always do. What is wrong with you? I mean, as a oh, human being, it what is, is wrong with you? It is a little secret that I learned back in... Uh, After it's cooked or no, when you cook before, it? Yeah. You put okay, the, that put I Put the mayonnaise understand. all over okay. the top of it, which is, you know, mayonnaise is basically just lard. It's egg and olive. I know. Right? right? So you're basically putting a coating on the turkey. I have yet to burn a turkey, and the skin comes out good. It's juicy. It is that. good. I'm telling you. I, it's, it's the easiest secret that I've ever done. I basically just whip up some, like, put some herbs and stuff in the yeah. mayonnaise, throw it on top of that, and it bakes awesome. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a good tip. I appreciate yeah, that. No. Thank you. You're welcome to all the folks out there. So mayonnaise up your uh, raw turkey. I thought you meant literally like after it came out, you had the mayo out there and we're throwing it on. And I was like, I would disinvite you from Thanksgiving at that point. Like you're not welcome here anymore. Mayonnaise is for the leftovers. Yes. I I I don't eat mayonnaise anyway. No, this is is preparing your raw turkey. Okay. I I usually do a dry rub and I do olive oil on it. So I think I'm getting to largely the same place as I do a dry rub that I make with some olive oil. And then we usually do two turkeys because... Typically, our Thanksgivings are are rather large. This year will be a little bit smaller, but it's not lack of effort on my part. It's that some people, number one, shouldn't come, and some people won't come because they're uncomfortable, and that's perfectly fine. I don't need the government to tell me who can and cannot come to my house. Yeah, no. But these travel restrictions are certainly going to make it interesting for some yeah, of our family. I mean, obviously, I don't know if you guys heard, they changed. There's no more uh, state list anymore. Basically, everybody made it. Everybody won. So we got, everybody made the list. So they had to change the list. We're like, hey, we all got, New York was going to make their own list. They were basically on the verge of making their own list. And they're like, I guess this list is probably a bad idea. What contest in hell did we win? (laughs) What is that? I I made this point earlier of under normal circumstances, if you had a list of COVID hotspots that then grew to include every single state and U.S. territory that you would have maybe acknowledged hey, maybe this is a flawed data set for how we're measuring COVID hotspots and we should adjust it to reflect reality. Now. Yeah, well, we're in the middle of a case-demic, so as long as they keep testing, we're just going to get whatever they want. Yeah, instead we got this. Instead we have, if you're going to come to New York State, regardless of where you're coming from. Yeah, my mom was here when they changed the rules, so she flew up here, didn't have the rules, had to fly back. I don't know if she's home, so she got there, but... my question comes back to, all right, what is the punishment if I don't do this? So There's if, none. If I go to Florida and I fly back and I refuse to get a test on the principle that I happen to, and I go to Costco and buy a PCR test and do it at my own home and keep it there, but I decide it's none of the government's business if I have any health issue whatsoever and I'd like to maintain some level of privacy, what are you going to do to me? Is it a fine? I'm guessing that's what they're going to try to do, but yeah. Do I get a ticket? Do I get an appearance ticket? What happens if I don't show? Or if I show and I just say, I don't care. It's none of your business. And I'm not a threat. I'm not around anybody. I'm living my life. Are you, does the government have the authority to actually force isolate or force quarantine somebody against their will? I think they think they do. With no symptoms, not like you're talking. uh, 
we're talking about an emergency, a, a governor who took all power from the state, right? So he has emergency yeah. powers and then altered his emergency powers order by stripping all the local municipalities of their rights under emergency circumstances as well. So it's a one man show. So in a sense, yes, is that he thinks he probably can force you to do all the things that you say you're not going to do. I don't know how he's going to punish and force whatever you want to say the, the actual action. Um, it seems more of a scare tactic as a deterrent more than anything else. Here's the pragmatist in me. He's not going to try to enforce this. No. The reason why is very simple. If he does that and it gets to the point where, let's say it's me and I go down somewhere and I fly back and they, they ask for my negative COVID test, they ask for my papers, and I tell them, no, I don't have one, I'm, but I, I'm negative for COVID. And they say, well, no, that's not good enough. And I say, well, it's, it is good enough because this is still a relatively free country, and I, I have certain inalienable rights bestowed upon me by my creator that are then protected in this little founding document we have. And you say, well, no, here's your ticket. And I refuse to pay the ticket, and now you're going to put me in jail. So now what I get to do is sue the state for wrongful, wrongful arrest, and now I get to get discovery. That's the beauty of our legal system. Now you have to give me all of the information upon which – you are basing this information, and I get to ask for all the data that is related, that could be considered, should be considered, or might be in any way related to this decision. So I get access to all of the research. I might even be able to get the nursing home numbers from this lawsuit. It sounds like you're throwing down a gauntlet here. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. Right. Of like, look, this, this is why I don't think they're going to do that, because ultimately, the science is not on their side anymore. The science of lockdowns and all of this other stuff, it's not supporting these measures. I'm not telling anybody to go and just be nuts and start coughing on everybody and licking doorknobs. That is not what I'm proposing. It's not what I'm advocating. I'm advocating for a certain level of... What we're asking, what the government is demanding of us is not having any substantial impact. Do not so easily forfeit your privacy, your rights to this government as if they are benevolent and have your best interest in mind. They don't. They have the interest of power. They have the interest of themselves in mind. Everybody knows you don't trust a politician because politicians are sleazy, unethical dirtbags that just have their own career in mind. No disrespect to the family members that I have who are politicians. Obviously, you guys are exempt. But... For some reason, once they get into office, we're supposed to have this blind trust. Like, I'm supposed to think Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, is this benevolent person that's really just doing all of this for the greater good, and that's why he won't release the nursing home numbers? No. Stop. Please. Yeah. So, I, listen, I'm not a bad guy in this. I'm not telling you to go make anybody sick. I'm saying take some ownership of your own life and personal responsibility and understand the government is not there to make sure everybody's best interests are served. They're trying to make themselves the heroes of a story that they have royally screwed up and actually are the villains. Yeah. Let's vote them all out. I'm in, man. Everybody, get them out. Let's start over. Let's just start fresh. Could we do worse than what we've done so far? Honestly. I mean, the trajectory's not good. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> but, but, no, I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's so depressing to think. Yeah. And um, we just keep getting more and more isolated in our beliefs. I, I, I try to engage with everybody on everything. And I, I you're, I, you're I, a good sport about it. I can tell. I try genuinely because I want to understand. And whereas you see somebody like, how could you vote for a white supremacist? Like, wait, wait, wait. Instead of saying that rhetorically, let's actually ask, hey, I have some concerns about Donald Trump and his stances against and for white supremacy. Could you elaborate on why that's not an issue? And then this, this crazy thing, but bear with me. 
I listen to the response. I, I actually try to understand it. I don't try to prove them wrong. I try to genuinely understand where they're coming from. And if I disagree, I bring up my point of why I disagree. And then I give them a chance to respond. It's this crazy notion of like this free exchange of ideas actually leads to a greater good. I don't try to suppress or shout down the other side. I try to genuinely understand. And once you do that, you start to realize most people fall somewhere in the middle. They are not nearly as extreme as we are made out to be by the legacy media, by social media, and by what you see on Facebook and Twitter. We're not. We're closer than you think. And, and I don't know, this, when we were talking there, maybe maybe go back to what we were talking about earlier with the coverage of the Hunter Biden emails and the Tony Babalinski stuff. <clears throat> and what you're talking about with the, the failure of media here is like the fact that they're not, you know, even... I think I did see CNN actually bring up Tony Babalinski for the first time two days ago, but the fact that they're not covering this in any regard and the fact that, you know, I'll, I'll bring up Glenn Greenwald, who um, I don't know if you guys heard, he retired or resigned from his own news outlet that he founded, uh, The Intercept, because the editors there basically were not going to allow his Tony Babalinski story to be printed with anything that was... Ne- painted in a negative light towards Joe Biden. They basically said, remove all this stuff and then we'll print it. And he resigned. So good for him. Um, but it shows a, what I feel like is a big problem, right? It's the idea that maybe what you're getting to is we're not getting the information to even digest, right? So we're not being able to absorb the information, find out if it's real, find out if it's, if it's credible or not. We're just being blocked from getting the information. And I feel like that's, you know, terrible for just a general discussion in general, because you're not getting all the information. But it also makes me think that there's like nefarious actions going on and that there's, you know, political motivations on these and they've decided who they want to win and they're going to cover stuff accordingly, which is frightening going forward. It's, I I can't think of any industry that has done more of a self-inflicted wound to their credibility over the last four years, sure, but really over the last 20 years than the United States media. And it's not any, listen, there may be a nefarious purpose. I don't think it's like some secret group at the top that's doing all of this. I've I've seen sometimes I feel like it's just, they don't want to be shamed by their friends. Right. So like, like, I I can't write a negative story about Joe Biden because I don't get blamed for him losing. Right. And I think the other problem is is that it's natural. Not that, that the part of the the article didn't wasn't the reason why he lost. It's the actual publishing of the article that they're taking. It's like okay, the information is the reason why he lost. It's not. It's not even the publishing. It's the actions that he actually took that should disqualify him from being elected president of the United States if they are true. I'm, I'm not saying they are, but this is my point. But have the could have the discussion, right? It, instead of suppressing the information, bring it to light and give him the chance to defend himself. I will hear him out if you can explain to me how this is okay and fully on the up and up and not to be concerned about. I will hear you out. I will listen to everything you have to say. Does not mean I will automatically agree, because at this point I'm going to notice the pattern that's existed and I don't like what I'm seeing right here because I am old enough and I've been following politics long enough to know that it's probably not the 1% exceptional good thing that's happening. It's probably the 99% chance that you're just corrupt and you were trying to make money off the books. Yeah, like I said, and you know, back to Greenwald, you know, he, he said, hey, well, why, why are you taking – if you want to combat my article, he's like, write a competing article, post it next to each other. He's like, let the people decide, and that seems like the right answer, and they decided to, to block them all together. So. It's been the right answer forever. The answer to speech <clears throat> you do not like is more speech. Yeah. It is not to suppress – and, and now I'm going to – 
just so everybody is aware. Now I'm going to really hold myself to this. I'm working on a piece right now of of exactly this to- this topic of the suppression of information by the scientific community and the media and the disparity of what gets suppressed by different outlets. Now, obviously, Fox News, Breitbart, these are very biased in one direction. CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS are biased in a different direction, but they're all having a bias. And even in the scientific world, you're seeing this with the studies that get printed if they have the right conclusion. I mean, everybody wants to cite all of these 70 studies that show masks are effective. Well, first off, if they were, why would you need 70 studies to prove it? That's my first question, but okay. Now you start diving into them. And when I tell you that these studies are ridiculous, I mean they are absurd. There was one that legitimately studied the spread of droplets from somebody standing up and speaking loudly, coughing, and sneezing without covering their mouth versus putting a mask on and then concluded masks will reduce the spread of COVID. Like, this is not science. Of course that'll work. Another one started with the conclusion of masks will stop the spread of COVID-19. Now let's figure out which materials work the best. What? Doesn't seem like that's the uh, way to get an answer. I wouldn't think so. And listen, another troubling factor is all the studies around hydroxychloroquine are troubling to say the least of why would you phrase a question this way it's not the question that you're supposed to be asking the only answer is you're trying to cover up or you're trying to get to a predetermined answer which listen they tried to make hydroxychloroquine uh, an insult so anybody who used it they tried to make it seemingly like it was toxic and i think they did don't be wrong they they successfully did right i'm not sure i don't think it was deserving but i feel like they basically just made that drug a you know, like I said, a pariah. Right. And this is what's really troubling. Now, there's just a study that came out of, of hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and azithromycin, a Z-pack, having uh, the result was something like a 25 to 30% reduction in deaths in a hospital compared to the patients that didn't get it. Now, is it a perfect study? No, but it's another one that indicates this, and especially because the side effects of hydroxychloroquine are well-known and very mild for the most part. You'd never know that by what you're seeing in the media and in, the, in these scientific papers. They didn't mention hydroxychloroquine in the title of this test because they knew that it would get them blocked from releasing it. So they tried to focus all on the zinc as if that was the big indicator, and they only mentioned hydroxychloroquine, I think, four times in the entire article, even though it's what was used. But they're trying to get around these sensors at this point to get the information out there, and that's absurd. The Danish government, we talked about this last week. I was wrong on the numbers. It was 6,000 people in a randomized controlled style with, a, with one group not wearing masks, one group wearing masks, all met all of the parameters, and then f- track them for two months to find out if you regularly wear a mask, what happens. They can't get this pub, this study published. They can't get it up for peer review. They can't. Nobody will give them a good reason as to why. They don't want to get into why because they said it would give away the answer of, and the conclusions, and we don't want to do that. I mean, listen, I feel pretty safe in assuming I know why this study's not getting published, and this is a problem for me because if you have conflicting data, great, let's bear it out. Maybe it's wrong, and if that's the case, then let's discover why it's wrong. But when you're holding... All right, so this safely concludes masks don't work. That was the the nuts and the bolts. You want to argue against that, so you're going to cite these other 70. Now, I've gone through many of these studies already and pointed out why they are flawed, and some of them aren't flawed at all. They are actually very true, but they're not the whole picture. Yes, masks do control the spread of droplets, especially in a, in a um, limited and clean environment. 
but it doesn't get into how many people in the real world are sanitizing their mask every three to six hours. How about every day? How about every week? None. Not enough. That's for sure. I can tell you that much. Like, and that factors into this. Like, and and also it's all right. But if I'm already socially distanced, if I'm doing good hygiene, washing my hands and covering my mouth whenever I cough, and I'm staying home if I'm sick, how much extra protection is a mask actually giving me? The answer is not much. Right. That's what it seems to be, at least based on the evidence. Now, if you have a study that says mass work or hydroxychloroquine is bad, you can get it printed with almost no issues, and then it gets redacted three weeks later because it turns out you falsified an entire data point, which did happen. Or it turns out that if you try to say the children can spread COVID-19, no problem. Three studies got printed without a second thought on that concluded that. They all got rescinded later because they were all false kind of a low threshold to get printed in these journals if you say the right thing. But if you're saying a contrarian point of view, it's very difficult to get in. Even if your study is funded by a respected first world government, has a randomized control tile with a large study group, what are we doing? I'm at a loss for words at this point, and I I can't take this any longer because nobody should be cheering for censorship. This never works well. Yeah, no, it's a a failure on all their parts. Like I said, it's... You know, the, the people rely <clears throat> the people rely on information to be able to make decisions like they're going to make tomorrow. And when it's again, when it's slanted, and you know, maybe I'm <laughs> I, I live in my own bubble, so I'm not dismissing that. But we all have our it own. It seems right. It seems as though it always skews one way, right? I mean, it always <laughs> skews to this to the same side um, in error, and they're always corrected back the other way. So. At least more often it goes one way. There's no question. It seems about that way. It's like not I a said, 50-50 mix. Right. Maybe, maybe like I said, maybe again, I'm in a bubble, but it, it seems like that to me. So it's just I don't acknowledge know. that we all have a bias to start with. Nobody yeah. is truly objective. We all have a bias. And I, I, I always feel the need to, to clarify the statement. And I want to make it abundantly clear. I am not anti-mask. I'm not. Masks have a use in the fight against COVID-19. They are not the end-all be-all solution that is going to solve the problem. And if you rely on them to be that, you're going to keep getting data that does not make sense to you. That's why Germany is shutting down again. France is shutting down again. I mean, India had a mass mandate since April 22nd, and their their cases went through the roof for the next two months. It's not an effective tool on a large scale across all things. Mask mandates are the dumbest rules because they don't do any good, and they're going to spread more germs because people are not sanitizing their masks. But... We're giving people a false sense of security by thinking, well, I got a mask on, so everything's fine. No, it's not. You're touching your face more often. You're going to end up touching your eyes. You're going to spread more germs. This, we're, we're leading people down a bad path in the name of, uh, yes, in this one instance, it will work. If you are at all sick or even pre-symptomatic and you can't possibly get away from somebody, you need to be in close quarters with them for a prolonged period of time, put a mask on. It's a good idea. And goggles. Yeah, don't, please don't talk about goggles. Goggles would be so much more effective than masks, but I'm so afraid they're going to mandate goggles and not take away masks that I don't want to talk about them. Like, all the evidence would so, indicate that that's right. the case. So you'd think that the goggles would, again, as you, to your point out, would serve as a better protected, but yeah. it's, it's legitimately re- so ridiculous they couldn't get everybody to do it. That's why. They could get everybody to do a, a little cheap little mask. They couldn't get everybody to do, do I feel goggles. feel like I could pull off some goggles. So I could look good in goggles. I don't know. I mean, I got these baby blues. I can't cover them yeah, up. I'll cover those up. It's probably my best feature. What else we got, Mr. Hughesong? Anything? Or are we just going to uh, leave them here and check back with everybody tomorrow on uh, election uh, Tuesday? Um, let's see. So to summarize, the Jets are terrible. Yep. Steelers are great. Steelers are awesome. The Bills, I think, are overrated, and I hate to admit that. Mayonnaise on turkey is a good thing. 
I promise you. Debatable. I'm not there yet, but I'll, I'll entertain the notion because right. I trust you. It's just information, Ben. Just process it and see if it's good or not. It's like, it's like a science study. Okay. I'll do a scientific study. You I said make you make two turkeys, turkeys every year, so go. I got one to trial. I got one that I can do <clears throat> trial and error on. Um, hopefully, hopefully Mrs. Hussong doesn't hate me after. but I think she'll be all right. She, well, she does Miracle Whip. I just don't mm. like mayonnaise. I have like an aversion to mayonnaise. Um, I promise you it doesn't look like it's covered in mayonnaise when it comes out of the oven. That's good. Because I, I would have it, to it say. It comes no. out golden brown, I like crispy. See, it's great. It actually makes sense logically in my head that that would be terrific. Um, and then I, the same thing I say every single time of, look, just get more information. Bring it all out and let's debate it. Let's discuss it. Stop cheering for suppression stop cheering for the other side to be shut down because they don't deserve a point of view because they're communists or socialists or whatever we, we all want the same thing we want a happy and healthy populace of people that are all getting along in a country that is highly functioning where people are prosperous and healthy yeah and the idea that you're not going to be able to be friendly with people you disagree with politically is just mind-boggling to me i mean maybe because again i I, I stand outside of the two major parties, so I wouldn't. I would be a hermit if I didn't have friends that were, you know, on both sides. Right. So, it seems crazy to me that the, uh, you know, people have become so tribal with their political parties that they, you know, expend friends because of it and don't even think twice about it. Like they've basically demonized the other side, their friends, and it's crazy. So Even people that you have known for a long time that you know are good people, that you know always have the best interest, but they disagree with you because they don't think Donald Trump is a racist or they don't think Joe Biden is a socialist, and you're ready to write off decades or years of friendship for these horrific examples of humanity that are running for president. I mean, listen— uh, either way you want to go, like Joe Biden has a record of corruption that is incredibly long, and either he is corrupt or has the worst luck I have ever seen in the history of the world. And Donald Trump, listen, whether you like the guy or hate the guy, let's face facts. He's out there cheating on his pregnant wife with porn stars. He's on his fourth marriage. Like, he's no beacon of morality. Like everybody else, both of these guys have good qualities and bad qualities. They are not one thing or the other. They are a mix. They have people that love them. They have people that hate them. And it's just a matter of perspective. Either way, neither of these people are worth ruining your friendships and relationships over with family and friends that you've had for years. I promise you, neither of them would turn away all of their friends in, in the name of you. None of them would do it for you. No. Don't do it for them. This is crazy. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So That's all I got. All right. That was a good way to end. Little uh, words of wisdom from Mr. Hughesong. So on that note... <laughs> I'm going to let everybody go, and we will see you tomorrow. Uh, I think we're going to go live at 8.30. I'm going to try to go live uh, correctly again on Facebook and YouTube again. So You're going to get it one of these times. I mean, just grind it out until it. it works. Um, so until then, we'll see you tomorrow. I want to thank everybody for joining in today. And, uh, again, check back tomorrow. We'll probably be on from like 8.30 to 10.30, maybe 11, depending on where the election results are and what's going on. Um, but we plan to cover uh, all things elections, and hopefully we'll have some guests to kind of uh, get some additional perspective. So on that note, thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you all again tomorrow, and we'll see you next week uh, for episode 23.